Hello and welcome to the Bike Radar podcast, brought to you from the team behind Cycling Plus, MBUK and BikeRadar.com. Hi and welcome to the latest of the regularly irregular Bike Radar meets. I'm Warren, the Senior Tech Editor for All Things Road over here at Bike Radar. And today I have the pleasure of introducing you all to Maria Benson, who's Savello Bikes Director of Product Management. Is that right, Maria? Yep, that's correct. Okay. Um, I guess I should say good morning because you're joining us from sunny California, whereas I'm in dingy Wiltshire on a late on a Friday evening. So what I've got you here today to talk about, it's a, it's a bit of a double whammy, really. Um, first up, it's about the recently launched the Sparrow 5 gravel bike, which um, I've been spending plenty of time on recently. And then we also have the announcement that your other newest bike, the Caledonia 5, has taken Bike Radar and Cycling Plus's Endurance Bike of the Year title. And that's not something I'd ever have thought about Cervelo winning in the past. So I guess that comes to my first point is, um, where do you see the future of road bikes for Cervelo? Especially as Cervelo practically invented the aero road genre. You guys have got form in coming up with with uh, new concepts, new genres, as it were. Yeah, um, I think... This is a really, in my view, a very exciting time to be a part of um, a road bike specific brand. Um, the definition of being a roadie is is definitely changed a lot. Let's say over the last handful of years, um, whereas it didn't. It doesn't just mean anymore that you're a racer or not a racer. Um, it it can mean that you're doing all of these things, and uh, a lot of those the these new categories are far more experiential than say a very focused way of riding where you're training for a race or, you know, watching your wattage all the time. Um, and you can just get out and ex- uh, more of an exploratory type of riding where you're just riding with friends and competing with yourself rather than against a clock. So creating these tools such as Caledonia five and a Sparrow and a Sparrow five um, to help people do these types of riding, but still have a really competitive nature to them um, it's, it's really been a fun, um, way of thinking about bikes for us. Um, and it's a new way of thinking about bikes for us, as you point out. So, yeah, I mean, if we're talking about, you know, Cervelo as a, as a brand you've had in the past, you've had the, the P series, the S series, the R series, all absolutely, totally focused on racing and, and generated a, you know, uh, a pretty committed fan base to, you know, to, to the brand. Um, so expanding things out in, into gravel or into, endurance or although i would say you know I'd, I'd, I'd put a caveat on the caledonia that it still blends your racing heritage quite significantly with endurance you know it's like a spectacular result that it does it you know and and you've even managed to build in generous tire clearances on the caledonia 5 that a few years ago would have been acceptable for for gravel even the, the thing is you seem to have introduced this as element of convergence on something like the caledonia because it is uci certified isn't it and you know, I, I I wouldn't be surprised to see some of your team riders opt for that over any other bike in the range for for the cobbled classics, say. So you seem to have brought in this element of convergence whilst also making the the brand more diverse. Um, so I, I guess what I'm trying to ask is is that racing heritage and that racing DNA within the brand is that something that's always going to be there? Yes, I would say for sure um, that will always be the core of who we are. Um, we are very much, uh, founded and rooted within, um, a racing culture. And we also will continue to have, um, 
professional teams that we need to support with the appropriate tools for the type of writing that they're doing. So the R, S, and P lines will always remain um, the core of Cervelo. Um, and that also is a, a good place for us to fuel a lot of our innovation. Um, so this is really where the pointy end of the spear um, will lie when we when it comes into uh, research and development of new technologies and offering uh, unrealized gains from the past uh, to these sponsored riders and helping them gain, I mean, marginal seconds at this point, right? Because finding gains is becoming more and more difficult across the board. Yeah, I mean, that, that brings it back to the kind of the aerodynamics, which always been a key element in Cervelo design, you know, with the, the P series is just solely about that. And then you've got the S, which brought all of that aero knowledge to, you know, drop bar road bikes. And then, but then even the R series has got lots and lots of aero going on just to make that bike the balance between lightness and, and efficiency. So what I think is really interesting is now with the with the original Aspero, but even more so, it's kind of doubled down on it with the Aspero 5. So I guess the thing is, how important do you see aerodynamics in in something, as you say, experiential like like gravel? Yeah, I mean, if, if someone said that you could gain a, a few watts just because the shape is different, wouldn't you'd probably take it, right? Like um, having a tool that gives you an advantage um, over a different tool, um, I don't see why that wouldn't be important, right? So when it comes to aerodynamics um, in gravel specifically, I mean, a lot of uh, events and just the way people are riding are not within a tight peloton where you're tucked inside the middle of it. So, you know, you're exposed to the wind and the elements. So having uh, some free watts, so to speak, <clears throat> can be an advantage um, even within a gravel space. It doesn't have to be just because you're chasing a, a clock or competing against somebody on a professional level. I mean, I guess you could argue, you know, with that that kind of reasoning that, that aerodynamics could also could be considered even more important uh, on gravel where it's it tends to be a more of a solo affair even if you are in a you know a, a big event they just don't you don't tend to be you don't tend to get echelons when you're riding across a you know a dirt trail so you know I, I, yeah I maybe that, the you know. scale of the advantage is is maybe more realized yeah and i guess um on that then it's the, that other kind of cornerstone of of um Cervelo's design history is um is lightweight you know you you're the brand that had, you know, the groundbreaking things like the, you know, the Project California and, you know, the the R5, R5SL or, or and these these bikes that just blew, you know, blue carbon fiber kind of lightweight design um, out of the water. So, and I, you know, and you can see that with the Aspera 5, it's, you know, it's a light, light gravel bike. Um, how important do you see lightweight um, in gravel? Because I think plenty of your rivals out there that lightweight almost seems to be an afterthought when it comes to gravel. Yeah, I think similarly to the importance of aerodynamics, um, it's you would take the advantage if you could if you're offered it right. So, carrying less mass with you, um, particularly when going uphill, um, is is an advantage over something that has more mass. Um, I think with gravel, um, it becomes more of a challenge to get to those lower weights because we have to test them to a higher durability standard. So, when they go through a testing cycle. Um, and you find areas of weakness, you know, the most um, direct way to, to address that is to add material to it. So that inherently will add weight. So it took a lot of um, iterations and focus to, to be able to 
uh, hone in on these areas without adding too much material and give us um, a pretty decent weight reduction over the previous. And I think you know the other the other sort of key thing that I've seen on on this new generation of bikes, um, starting with the Caledonia Five, I guess actually really starting with the S Five, and then going to the Caledonia Five, and now the Espero Five, is uh, you know historically Cervelo was always considered a, a frame set brand. You know you you did these incredible you know incredible aero designs, and, and then allowed people just to build them up however they however they really wanted i mean for for many many years over here in the uk um Cervelo was effectively a frame only business you know still had a huge following but people were were building their bikes up now it just seems to be a little bit more holistic you know with say with the the Espero 5 you've got the the st32 stem and that abo 9f bar which are designed to work together designed to integrate into the front of the bike and then there's your kind of uh sister company now reserve wheels that you know you seem to have this it now seems to be becoming a more holistic package is that is that another future direction that you think Savella will take yeah definitely um i think the the era that you're talking about um with mainly a frame set business was mostly because that was where the development was focused right but we get to a point where the advantage becomes harder to find when you're not taking into account the entire system mm. so We've been able to uh, design full systems, as you as you state, like handlebar, stem, C post, um, and now with the wheel um, system, we can create a full package that has the, the greatest advantage, um, and not only from a performance standpoint, but also feature wise. So you know the overall design of the bike can be uh, well thought out from uh, every point of the bike. So by the time you take it out of the box, we've touched and designed um, every possible part of the bike. No, I think you know that 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 completely works. I mean, it's it it, it suggests that that's um, I guess not not necessarily a financial investment, but it takes an, a, a much more focused invest investment in in talent and in people. You know, because mm-hmm. um, you know, I think one of the the building blocks of 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 Cervelo's latest design is, you know, you and you, you guys talk about it a lot when you're presenting bikes to, to guys like me. Uh, things like the Cervelo Tube Library, which, um, you know, if you can explain to the listeners exactly what that is, you know, this is information gained from from guess years of experience. Yeah, and we have um, designers that have been with us throughout that entire time period. So not only do we have the, let's say, the uh, database, we also have the people who have been a part of the design since then um and have a lot of that anecdotal experience as well right and but the the cheap library is a, is basically a huge database of designs and shapes of of elements that make up a frame or or a fork or, or whatever with and you you log those typical characteristics so i mean i don't want to break it down to something as simple as like it's like playing with lego um but it is a kind of an element of piecing these pieces together and adapting, you know, um, I'm kind of intrigued by how that, how that process works. It's sort of. Yeah. You know, honestly, uh, because I'm not a designer, I couldn't tell you the steps of how it it happens (laughs) necessarily. Um, but there is, um, basically the result is an understanding of how shapes perform, um, whether that's in the wind tunnel or how they affect ride quality. And so we can take the experience that we've gained over all these years with these varying shapes, not only reuse shapes where, wherever we feel um, 
it's appropriate, but we can also tweak them uh, based on what we know about how they perform. I, I mean, I knew I knew I'd I'd run off at, at, at tangents um, again after I said that we, I'd wanted to talk about the Aspera Five and the Caledonia Five, but um, bringing it right back to the to the Aspera Five, um, you know, from from riding it for the last for the last few weeks and you know and being impressed by it as well, it is a decidedly almost race orientated bike. You know, um, I, I spent a lot of time riding a, uh, an S three over you know um, the last year or so, and they feel similar they feel you know they you can tell they're they're closely related you know do Sabello see gravel as a fast sport you know because i think gravel uh, although it's hugely well established now it's still got this hard to define aspect to it you know there's the adventure tour in bikepacking kind of whole scene and then you know and then there's the you know the the fast events like um dirty cancer type things so I'm assuming that that, that the Aspero and the Aspero Five are aimed squarely at that. You know, it's about um, fast fun, really. Yeah, exactly. I think the difficulty in defining what gravel is is due to the fact that it's so broad, and that people are doing "quote unquote" gravel um, in very different ways. And so, um, even though uh, formerly Dirty Kenza uh, Unbound Gravel is a gravel race. Um, people are still doing that event on let's say a, a more uh touring oriented gravel bike or bike packing type of gravel bike uh because they may not necessarily be looking for a, a high placement they just want to experience it and and get through it right um but for Cervelo we we found that there was actually a, a a bit of a hole in the market for what was being offered of gravel. And that was that very race oriented gravel bike where, you know, weight aerodynamics and handling are all very important in order to create a tool that's better suited for a more competitive style of riding. And that doesn't even necessarily mean you're, you're signing up for an event and hoping for a good placement. It it can mean that you're just out with your friends and competing against each other or just riding hard, you know, um, Sometimes uh, that's uh, just as competitive as any event you might pay to to join. And I guess just to explain to any any listeners that's not not familiar with the the Aspero and and the Aspero Five, it is quite pure. You've stripped out, you know. There's no there's no cage mounts on the fork. There's no you know hundreds of sets of bosses everywhere. It, it's kind of you've you've paired it right back. Even that one um, element to um, uh, to carry in that bit. You know, a little bit of extra luggage with a top tube, you know, box or a bento box. Even those mounts are hidden when you're not using them. So, when you see the Aspero in the flesh, it looks like a stripped-down race road race bike that just happens to have big tires. Yeah, that's right. And uh, I think the handling. Uh, sorry, I just wanted to touch on the handling a little bit. Yeah, of course. Because um, you uh, you compared it to S3, and when we were um, developing the original Aspero, we talked a lot about the the handling of, of the bikes that we tested competitor bikes. Um, and they tend to feel kind of sloppy or I should say not sloppy, but, um, a lot of wheel flop, um, kind of slow around corners. Um, and that has a lot to do with, uh, the front handling geometry, um, that is typically slacker. You have longer fork offsets, but then you put a giant tire on there and it, it becomes quite slow handling. And when we, uh, were, developing our own bike and 
thinking about the bikes that we enjoy riding in these situations, being on, let's say a cross bike, uh, was, was much more playful, um, and felt a lot faster. And so we thought, well, why, why does a gravel bike necessarily have to handle so much slower than even say a road bike? Um, so that's where we really honed in on, um, how we came up with our front end handling. And that, that's a lot of that racy feeling that you get when you ride in a Sparrow. And you've even worked on, um, making sure that the bike handles the same no matter what configuration you build, because it can be run with 700 or 650B, but then you've got a, yeah. a, a switchable fork, as it were. So what was the thinking behind that? Yeah, so um, throughout the geometry study, we've, we realized that about 62 millimeters of trail is, is fairly ideal for a, a faster handling gravel bike. And so um, we wanted to ensure that whatever the riders, let's say preferred wheel tire size setup, they could get to, um, about that 62 millimeters, um, either way. So with a 650 B by up to about 50 millimeters, you would put it in the uh, rearward position, but because it has a smaller overall, uh, diameter, but then once you switch to a 700 by 40, uh, you put it in the uh, forward running position in order to keep that trail number relatively similar. So, I mean, you know, my my kind of feeling on the on the Aspero Five, and I have been riding it as much as possible um, before I have to send it back to you guys because you've already sold it. The uh, <laughs> sorry what about that. Has, <laughs> <laughs> what really really has impressed me is just um, um, not only how capable it is off road, but how good it feels on the road. You know, to the point where you know I'm sort of you know, put it around my head. It was like, wow, if I, if I absolutely could only ever have the one bike, then this bike with two sets of wheels would be fantastic. You know, I've been, I've ridden with, you know, I've ridden, I've, I've ridden with friends and they've been, they've been on, you know, pure road bikes. And I've been riding that, that, that five with its, uh, um, with its Panarasa Gravel Kings on it and not being left behind, just staying, you know, staying with them. And, and so I'm thinking, well, this had proper road tires on it, then, you know, this, this is, you know, quite a punchy little bike, you know, do you, do you ever worry that by making a bike as versatile as the Aspero or as versatile as the Caledonia, do you ever think, oh my God, we might be, you know, we might be steering people away from, you know, multiple ownership as it were. Uh, so there, there's definitely a lot of crossover. Um, and we intentionally ensured that we drew a pretty clear line between a road bike and a gravel bike, um, and that specifically being Caledonia and Nosparo. Um, there are some geometry compromises um, if you were to put a uh, road tire on the Aspero um, and ride it as a road bike. Um, and for a lot of people, maybe that isn't necessarily uh, too much of a compromise and they're okay with it. Um, but you affect things like uh, overall wheelbase, uh, bottom bracket height, you know, you can't really change those or put them, let's say, into the more appropriate position, um, even just with that front flip chip. So uh, you definitely get a more appropriate handling bike with the Caledonia on pavement with road tires um, due to those things that you can't you can't adjust um, after the fact. So and definitely tire clearance for sure. Right. Caledonia. <laughs> yeah, you can do some light gravel on that bike, but uh yeah you could get you definitely get over your head on that one well i think we've i think we've covered both the caledonia and the sparrow pretty pretty comprehensively there i mean i guess um it would be remiss of me to ask um 
you're not going to tell me, but you know, what's next? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I can't tell you specifically, uh, but I can tell you that um, we're we're on a, uh, let's say a path that you're started to already see the the initial uh, directions of with these two bikes. Um, We really want to embrace this sort of more diverse way of thinking about being a a road cyclist um, and um, experiencing all of these different ways of riding a quote road bike. So um, I think in the past, we've been uh, very focused on those SR and P lines, um, which will remain focused on those, but we're definitely going to open up that um, that vision a bit and, and make sure that we're capturing all kinds of road riders and not just these very specific ones. I mean, I guess when it comes to that kind of, if I think of, you know, PR and S, I'm kind of thinking like pro, they're almost like pro series kind of, yeah. you know, they're, they're the bikes you'll see in, in, in the big races. And we've seen some kind of semblance of, of a few of your, of your rivals, as it were, you know, I'm thinking specifically here, specialized and, perhaps Merida at the same time, where they've taken that kind of their equivalence of your R and S line, you know, so for specialized the tarmac and the venge and, and basically converged them, made made one bike from the two genres. Merida have done a very similar thing with um with the, the latest Reacto, where they've brought in elements of lightweight and almost like backed off a little bit on the on the on the aero. Although they won't like me saying that. Um <laughs> do, do you see that as as the way forward or are you absolutely committed to having you know that lightweight bike for the mountains and that fast bike for the for the rolling stages sort of thing yeah i think um at those what i would call the pointy end of uh innovation there are gains um that are uncompromised when you maintain that more differentiated um approach to these different categories so with s5 if we were to um try to converge that with r5 there would be too many compromises we feel um, in order to get to um, something that would be a convergence of those two. So we definitely want to maintain a, a high focus on the best innovation possible for these R S and P lines. Um, so these these five level bikes we we call them will always be the the highest level innovation that we can offer. So within that given category. Okay, and I guess. Um... Um, my final question before I wrap things up, and I'm only asking this because of some of my uh, my CX friends would would kill me if I didn't. Um, your <laughs> your pro tour team has got arguably one of the greatest cyclocross riders on the planet. Um, Cervelo doesn't have a cross bike just yet. Is that something we should expect? And you can say yeah. no, you're going to say no comment. I imagine, <laughs> but. Actually, this time I'm going to give it to you. Uh, it was actually spotted uh, um, during the late season um, of 2020 um, with Wout. Uh, so yeah, we've 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 already let's say let the cat out of the bag that we're definitely working on a cross bike um, with Wout and Mariana being um, you know such high level you know world champions. Uh, we want to make sure that we can offer them something that is of their caliber. So yeah, we're working with the team um, to make sure that they're part of that development. And uh, hopefully you'll get to see that, you know, when the cross season starts this year. That's, I mean, I, I think that's a really exciting prospect to see what, what Cervelo will do with the, with cross. Cause I mean, you could argue the lightweight, the lightweight element of the cornerstone of, of the, you know, of Cervelo um, is perfect for that. But aerodynamics is a really interesting thing in, in, in um 
in respect to cross because of the the kind of tight sort of more controlled nature of the, of the racing you know um so i'd be interested to see how you apply your uh your your team's um engineering excellence into into uh, a very different you know drop bar genre that you've ever been involved in before yeah yeah i think you'll see uh, quite a bit of Cervelo dna um with the result of this project so yeah we're excited about it too and actually we we did do a cross bike once. I don't know if you remember, uh, we never commercialized it. This was a long time ago. Um, and it was only ridden, I think in a handful of races, uh, and then it just kind of disappeared. So I guess the inspiration for the, for the Caledonia, you could argue was the, the R3 mud. Yeah, 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 exactly. Which was sort of, yeah, sort of had the clearances you would expect to the cross bike. Um, but one Paris Roubaix twice. So I guess it was much more of a yeah. road machine. Thank you so much for your time, Maria. Um, I'll let you get back to your your Friday morning um, out there in right. sunny California, and I'm not jealous at all about that. Um, <laughs> I won't tell you how nice it is outside. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but uh, again, yeah, thanks so much for your time, and um, congratulations on the award-winning Caledonia Five, and um, I, and I'm also very impressed with the Aspero Five. So thank you. Yeah, thanks, Warren. Thank you for listening to the Bike Radar podcast. If you want any more information on what we've been talking about or more news and views on cycling, check out bikeradar.com. Bike Radar.